welcome to the Treach Podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson, and today I'm talking to our contemporary worship leader, John Hames. Growing up, Lent just felt like a list of activities he had to accomplish, but his focus has changed as he's matured in his faith and his music. John will now lead us in scripture and prayer. Isaiah 58, 6 through 8 says, Isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing wicked restraints, untying the ropes of a yoke, setting free the mistreated, and breaking every yoke. Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them, and not hiding from your own family? Then your light will break out like the dawn, and you will be healed quickly. Your own righteousness will walk before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. Let's pray together. Open my eyes, Lord, to the modern-day yoke that is burdening many. Help me to share bread with the hungry and hope to the homeless. Show me ways to spread your light to my family, my community, and my world. Amen. Amen. So, John, before we get into your fast for this year, I'm just curious to know What were you raised to believe about fasting or how have you practiced fasting before? So with uh, my family and everybody that I grew up around, um, it all kind of tied in with all of the the little low-key minor holidays that showed up around it. So Fat Tuesday uh, being the close of Mardi Gras. and I have a lot of friends from New Orleans, and then, you know, Ash Wednesday, and then it was give up something so that you'll think about God more, um, and and then eventually it'll all come to uh, a helm at uh, on Easter through Holy Week. And did that work for you? I don't know. Like, I, I think because there's more stuff at the church, and I was so uh, deeply involved at the church back then, um, I was definitely more plugged in during um, during Lent. You know, there were, there were things that, you know, I, like, personally, I always thought the word Lent was weird because it just made me think of what's in your pockets after you wash your jeans, and... And I always felt like, why is nobody else addressing that? And um, why aren't we talking about the big issues here? <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what I remember from Lent as a kid is thinking that some of the words were weird, like Monday Thursday. I'm like, why is it called that? That's that doesn't. That's you're you're saying two days and what, like that. That's what I mostly remember from it as a kid is just there's a whole lot of little mini church holiday days. And uh, a lot of um, a lot of practices like you know burning burning like your sins and turning them into ashes, doing the cross on the forehead thing, you know, giving up something for forty days, um, you know, uh, going to Six Flags on Good Friday, you know, the normal things that they did back then. 
I don't know about going to Six Flags on Friday. That might just be a Hames tradition. <laughs> <laughs> that was the church I grew up in. We all did that. So it sounds to me like your understanding of Lent was just basically there's a bunch of boxes that you have to check of I've completed this, I've completed that, but there was a lot of misunderstanding around what any of this means. And I think that that continues today in the church. I don't think that we've done a great job explaining to people, why do we do Ash Wednesday? Why do we do Maundy Thursday? What does Maundy mean? All of these things, we just do it and expect people to show up. And so as you... Obviously, you're our worship leader here, so your faith has grown more since the tradition of going to Six Flags on Good Friday. So how has uh, your experience of Lent changed over the years? Uh, it, it feels like a concentrated part of the year. Um, I would say even more so than uh, Advent before Christmas because uh, Lent is... It hits more uh, more emotive places. Um, I, I approach my faith from a very emotional stand standpoint, like stance, and I I personally tie in a lot of the different parts of the Christian season with the emotions that tend to come with it. And so there are exciting emotions like Easter is celebration. It's fun. It's you know, you associate it with bright colors, you associate it with the spring, things are coming back to life. And then, you know, in a very uh, beautiful uh, correlation there, uh, so is our Lord and Savior. He comes back. So it's, it's a concentrated uh, emotional part of the Christian calendar. And for me, I, I love that. You know, some of the best music that I get to do is directly tied in with the resurrection um, and I, it, it's a very powerful season, and I'm a huge fan of it. Well, and it's not just the excitement of Easter. There's a roller coaster of emotions that are happening throughout Lent. And I'm wondering if you can walk us through, since you, I don't think I've ever heard someone uh, describe their faith in a way that it is uh based in emotion. So can you describe a few more of those emotions that you experience throughout Lent and how it affects you? Um, so some of the emotions that don't come as often um, throughout the rest of the year uh, are the heavier ones, the ones that you feel the weight of, you know, what it means to follow Jesus Christ. You feel the weight of his sacrifice and what he's done. You feel the weight of, you know, like what, what he went through, like, you know, fasting for 40 days, um, allowing himself to be taken, um, you know, and, and put on trial, knowing that it was not going to be fair and that it would ultimately end up in him being tortured. Like, I mean, there's a lot of weight to that. And for me, it's very easy to, um, find a lot of uh, poignant moments of uh, intensified, concentrated uh, prayer, intensified, concentrated worship. You know, um, I, I will openly admit that there are certain songs that when I hear them in the context of this is correlating with the time of year, uh, they will absolutely 
uh, bring me to tears. They will absolutely bring me to a place of very, very emotional worship. And not to say that worship that doesn't bring you to tears isn't powerful or relevant or good, but there's something special when worship can take you to that place that your emotions are just kind of unhinged. And so you are you are so vulnerable in those moments. You are so open to receive um, God in a new way, and you are so open to see the light of Christ in a completely new way in those moments because you have no walls up. You, you've torn everything down. Your emotions are you know, off the rails, and you're just ready for whatever he's going to throw at you, whatever he's going to put in your heart. How do you think that fasting intertwines with these emotions? So for me, it depends on if you're doing fasting correctly. Hopefully you're fasting from something that you kind of like. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to fast from baseball because I don't really care that much about baseball. And so I'm not really giving anything up. Um, And this year I'm giving up something I rather like. So every time I think about that thing, like, man, I would really like this right now, that will... Uh, hopefully draw me to a place where in place of reaching for that thing, I will be reaching for, uh, I will be reaching for my Bible and looking into scripture. I will be reaching for um, a book that challenges my intellect when it comes to knowledge of the Bible. I will be reaching for um, my guitar and I will play through a new worship song that has been Uh, weighing on my heart. I will do something in place of that thing that I'm fasting from, and it will, uh, it will help me grow. It will, it will put me in a place where I wouldn't normally necessarily be reading scripture. And now I'm doing it in these unique times where I'm normally doing something else. So what is that thing that you're fasting from this year? And why did you choose it? I'm fasting from beer. Um, I am a beer enthusiast. I love to go to local breweries and, and try new flavors and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun for me. Um, and uh, for me, uh, beer is going to be kind of annoying to take out of my life for, for even 40 days because I really enjoy it. it. For me, it's kind of like you know kids liking candy or, you know, uh, or dessert at the end of a meal. That's kind of my dessert, and so I'm taking that away uh, out of my life for 40 days, and my and I also know that I reach for it enough to where I will notice not being able to have it, and for me that that's going to be a strong enough um, change that it'll make a difference. So, what are your hopes around? Uh, fasting from beer, what are you hoping that that will do for your relationship with God? I I hope that it it allows me to find something that I haven't seen before. Um, And a minute ago I said something to the effect of I don't normally reach for theology books or for scripture, you know, in the same time of day that I would be sitting back and uh, drinking a beer, um, those two times are pretty disjointed. Not that I'm against, you know, pulling out the Bible any time, but I don't normally pull out the Bible, you know, in the evenings. 
Um, I'm kind of winding down for the day, and I think this will change my perception of, you know, how I read scripture, how I pray, when I decide to um, dive into a worship song or, you know, experience worship. I think that this will very much challenge that uh, archetype of how I've been doing things uh, through the lens of my faith and learning and praying and all of that um, for at least 40 days. And hopefully some of these new habits will become just that, habits, and they'll stick. Isaiah 58, 6 through 8. Isn't it this, the fast I choose, releasing wicked restraints, untying the ropes of a yoke, setting free the mistreated, and breaking every yoke? Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them, and not hiding from your own family? Then your light will break out like the dawn, and you will be healed quickly. Your own righteousness will walk before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. Let's pray. Open my eyes, Lord, to the modern-day yoke that is burdening many. Help me to share bread with the hungry and hope to the homeless. Show me ways to spread your light to my family, my community, and my world. Amen.